This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focused. I drink my own urine. I've done drink my own urine for the last 23 years. And I'm still alive. And I drink bleach. Part of the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Dissecting the news one tangent at a time. When there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. Welcome to Hardly Focused. Jack Gill, Zach Ward. You can uh, find us on the Solid Listen Podcast Network. We are also available at hardlyfocused.com. That's where you can go to learn about this show, listen to past episodes. By past episodes, I mean only ones that have been released in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, uh, Zach Ward, uh, hi. Hi. Hello. Allow me to uh, begin this episode by telling you uh, the nightmare. Tell you about the nightmare I'm living right now. Okay. It's a nightmare that I lived uh, almost a decade ago. I lived it in 2015. Uh, actually, almost uh, exactly a dec- uh, eight years ago. Um, because as we all know, a decade is eight years. So around March, early March 2015, I uh, nearly had my the, the, the small finger on my right hand uh, torn off entirely. And it is it is now being held together by two Phillips head screws. Wait, what? Uh, is this the first time you're hearing of this? Okay, so before you continue your story, I'm remembering that there's something I forgot to tell you. Because the first time you had me back on uh, the podcast, I realized that I like um, made a joke about something. And then I actually realized that I had no idea that you and um, uh, Kate had divorced so she's like, oh, wow, I have been in a hole for a long time. I did not realize that all these things that have happened to all of my friends. Oh, my God. So, like, I had that realization while we were recording. Well, it doesn't help that I'm just not good at communicating with anybody, which is ironic given the uh, hobby that I have, which is 100% based on communication. Well, I mean, realistically, it kind of tracks, because if you think about it, I mean, um, even though this is also something that's entertainment, it's still something that you do that, like, you know, is like takes job-level effort, so it makes sense that you wouldn't utilize that same skill in your own life, not to therapist at you, but damn it, I've <laughs> finally gotten to a point where I can talk to people again because it's it's not like i have been like neurotic as fuck that's part of the reason why i haven't reached out for like forever or like felt like i could even do this anymore or again like the amount of times i've had existential crises in the last several years over the last decade um you know you, you there is a point to that well you <laughs> You have opened up and you've gotten a lot more comfortable with doing the podcast since you rejoined us about a year or two ago. Yeah, I think that um, like a lot of the things that I've been trying to 
recognize is that sometimes you really just got to put yourself back in the middle of things and then just kind of let experiences happen because that's the thing that sucks so much about growing up and actually like becoming an adult is because then you eventually learn um, things where it's like those bad traits or those bad habits or those things that kind of keep you stuck for forever just really become just like, oh, hey, good morning. Yep, here's my coffee and my depression. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, yeah, so that, that this is the thing that happened in 2015. I uh, broke, uh, you know, the most insignificant finger on your hand is the pinky. You, you forget about it until you realize that it is not only useless, but also just dangling. Yeah, I mean, um, I hate that the first thing that my brain went to is that, uh, like, they used to actually take the pinky off of, um, like, I think it was Yakuza, um, and, like, it would make it a lot harder to, like, grip the sword so that's the first thing that my brain went to and like that's i feel like one of those first things that you don't notice that you lose is the grip strength and the, being able to grip things i mean honestly you can accommodate um you can you can you can teach yourself how to use the other you know the, the are four-fifths of your hand if you will uh by not having that that pinky finger and honestly i when this happened i w even said at one point can we just cut the whole thing off? Jesus. I was I was ready to just get rid of the thing because it was <laughs> it was mangled. It was like it was severed internally. So it, what did you do? I was walking a dog. Oh boy. And uh the dog saw another dog and I did not think and I had the way I had the leash Wrapped around my hand, uh, the dog pulled and took the finger with it. Ah, uh, 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 and there, there is a photo somewhere of the X-ray where you just there's it's literally the top part of the finger was no longer connected to the rest of the finger. And internally, on the outside, everything looked well. I mean, like the skin was intact. Um, now, when I had that. Uh, I guess 45 minutes of the adrenaline surge where you you really don't feel anything. I very calmly uh, got in my car, drove to the emergency room, walked uh, up to the admit window uh, while there was um, a, a doctor behind the glass talking to another patient. And uh, I just rapped on the window and I'm like, I'm so hi, sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. I, I, I'm, I don't mean to be a bother. Uh, and then I held up my hand, my mangled fingers. And does this look broken? And the woman that the doctor was talking to just her jaw just drops and she just goes, Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, so that happened. I had to get surgery. My, my finger now, like, most humans can like hold their their thing their small finger like straight up. I can no yeah. longer do that. It is just permanently like uh, bent. Um, and okay. it's and I can and I like yeah, it's usable, but not. I I wouldn't be able to like you know, I'm I'm like gripping right now solely with my pinky, my pencil. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do that with uh, the one on my right hand. 
So okay. now the reason why I say I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm living or reliving a nightmare is because uh, eight years, almost eight years to the day later, I decided that uh, I uh, wanted to be careless that uh, it had been a long time since I had significantly hurt myself and that we also a couple of weeks ago did a podcast episode. I believe it was the first podcast episode for Solid List Podcast Network um, where we talked about injuries and we talked about ailments. We, I mean, we talked about a whole bunch of things. Yeah. But we did talk about physical injuries. And I decided, you know what? That was such a compelling and riveting conversation that why not? Why, why don't we have a part two where I actually can say I've contributed? So... <laughs> I decided to just at full force whack my right hand into an ajar door. Uh, I, I the door going out to my garage. I had thought I closed it. It was open at probably like a forty-five, maybe I don't know, like fifty-degree angle. If if that helps you visualize it, and uh, yeah, I walked inside. It was carrying groceries. Put the bags down. Uh, went to turn around. Now, I, one of my cats, I love my cats, but cats can sometimes be just stupid. Yes. And one of my cats, anytime that door is open, he immediately runs for it because he wants to run out into the garage, even though out there is, it is such a mess out there. It'd be a death trap for him. And it's really for, for nothing more than curiosity. So, uh, whenever I go in and out of that door, I try to close it as quickly as possible. Now, um, realizing that the door actually wasn't closed, I turned around very quickly to uh, confirm my suspicions and was too close to it and just whack and immediately spun around. And, like, and, and I remember jumping up and down in the air because I'm like, like, I hit it and my my... I remember my reaction vividly. I went, ow, 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 like the three stages of ow, because <laughs> I couldn't believe yeah. like, oh, OK, that. Wow, that's smart. Oh, wow, that hurt. Oh, my well, God. It's not stopping to hurt. It is continuing to rise in crescendo. Oh, dude. And then, uh, yeah, so I got myself settled and I sit down and probably within a half an hour that motherfucker is swollen. Oh jeez. Looks like I got a big walnut growing under my uh the my the top of my wrist. So, uh flash forward a couple days later, um it's not getting any better. So I go to urgent care to get an x-ray done. And wouldn't you know it, the fine folks at urgent care decided to Wait until I showed up to inform me that uh, the x-ray was uh, unavailable. Oh, God. So I get a referral to the emergency room. And I then spend uh, an evening in the emergency room, uh, all to get a couple x-rays, all to be told that I fractured my hand. And then uh, following day, Went to see an orthopedic uh, specialist. Was just I was I was just expecting that you know you know like buddy taping. No, what is that? 
It's when you take say okay, so like if you're looking at your hand, you're looking at your your ring finger and your pinky. Say you you break your pinky. What you okay. do is you take some medical grade tape, some adhesive tape like what I'm holding, and you tape the two fingers together. You basically create a, a splint using the good finger. Um okay. and it, it Oh yes, yes. It, it renders the um the broken one immobile. But apparently just doing that was not good enough. So uh, for the now for the first time in since 1995, I have a full forearm cast. And uh, you can actually kind of see that they, you know, they, they kind of do a bit of the buddy taping with mm-hmm. where the break is. But yeah, no, this is wonderful. This is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to not be able to use my right hand and be limited in my emotion and um have just everything be a challenge simple things like uh wiping my ass for example oh that's gonna be fun now i have a bidet i own a bidet but you know you always want to make sure that you know the bidet only does maybe about 98 percent of the job you got to make sure you're you're uh not having any tricks pulled on you and uh it's going to be tough with this uh i mean yeah I, I have a perfectly good left hand but you use your dominant hand for this for this uh exercise so it's true. Um, so and and but I mean, this is exactly I I am just right back to where I was back in uh, 2015 when I busted that finger. I didn't necessarily have to wear a full cast like this. Uh, I mentioned 95 because I legit broke my arm back then when I was but a zygote um, and had a cast like this. But uh, yeah, same thing happened in 15. Couldn't really do much with that hand uh, for a significantly longer amount of time. Um, I was told I only need to wear this, I think, hopefully until like early April. Okay. So, uh, but it's still like, it still sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Thank you for letting me vent and rant about it. At least you can have like, you know, like people sign your cast and you still have your middle finger. I, I do. I'm and, and it work now. It looks comical because my ring and, and pinky fingers are now uh, like perpetually up. So it's going to look like I'm like flipping someone off and then they're going to think I'm giving them the okay symbol. <laughs> also walking into that, uh, the, um, it's it's like a, a branch of the hospital that's specifically for hands and uh, just limbs. Mm-hmm. I spent so much goddamn time there after I broke my my finger, where uh, having to go in for sur- you know consultations, surgery, physical therapy. I was going there once a week for about eight weeks, and I was so happy to never have to set foot in there again until today, where it felt like it was my high school reunion. <laughs> where, where I'm, where I be, I gone there so frequently that I was on a first name basis with a lot of the people that work there, and uh, asking today, hey, does so and so still work here? They do. Well, that's great. I wish I wasn't here right now. <laughs> I should know who you are, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, d- Doctor, uh, what's his face is here? Does he still like soccer? Oh, he does. Oh, that just makes me happy. I completely forgot about that man until today when I was told I had to set foot inside this building. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, it's it's going to make things challenging. But anyway, uh, but Zach, Zach, I don't know if uh, I mean, if we talked about it a couple episodes ago, then I guess we're going to re- re- do a little bit of a repeat here. But uh, have you ever had to don a cast like this? Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15 percent back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Um, I have never broken my arms... Um, I have broken, um, uh, my leg before, uh, actually, um, both were pretty epic situations. So the first time, um, I was actually in the graveyard, um, up the street from me with my grandfather. Um, I remember I was just walking around a, a gravestone and I remember seeing that it was like kind of moving slightly in the ground. Um, and the next thing I know, I wake up and I'm in a doctor's office. So apparently what happened is the gravestone fell, um, and I stepped back enough for it to just, like, clip my leg and basically take me down and, like, break it, uh, break part of it. Um, like, it gave me a a pretty good fracture. Uh, but if I hadn't stepped back enough, it would have fallen on my chest. Um, still remember the name on the gravestone, too, Dixon. (laughs) <laughs> of course, of course. What a Dixon, right? <laughs> what a Dixon. Uh, now um, you, you said you saw the ground moving. I thought- yeah, I could see. Like I remember looking down at the base of the gravestone and seeing Earth shifting a little bit, and I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." The zombie uprising. <laughs> that is like that's that's seriously like walking dead material you, you're at the grave you're literally in a graveyard you see the ground moving and then the next thing you wake up you're in a hospital and you're the only one there and the building looks like a like a bomb has gone off and then you find out several weeks have passed and you're one of a few survivors yeah not exactly what i would want to be going through at age five <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't exactly be main character material. <laughs> well, sure, dude. No, you you could. You you would uh you would be leading the world as a five year old. It'd be like um the 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 character that Bella Ramsey played on Game of Thrones. You're a ruler, but you're not even in double digits yet, and you're cutthroat. 
You're, you're, bring you're, me my apple juice or die. <laughs> bring me my apple juice in the head of that surf. <laughs> I want to drink my apple juice from his head. Uh, I feel like five years old is the uh, the age where you have to break a bone because that's when I busted my arm. I was five years old. Yeah, that was only the first time. So then this, um, and we actually ended up suing the town uh, for that. Um, and I ended up getting a little settlement money out of that when I turned eighteen, and when I turned like twenty, like two or twenty three, something random like that. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was this. It was strange, but like that was how the settlement worked out. Um, and then I broke my leg a second time because I was going to a nursery school and um, they decided to take all the kids downstairs and let us um, slide around on a newly waxed wooden floor. And I was fully in my uh, accident prone era. So like that was not a good idea. Uh, so I ended up doing a splits all the way. Um, and the wrong way, and then I like it wasn't the same exact area, but like I refractured that part of my leg, and I was supposed to do uh, physical therapy um, the second time that my leg broke, um, but nobody ever made me do the physical therapy, and then ever since then the muscles and tendons in my right leg are a lot more tight and taut than my left leg, um, so that's. Sometimes a little frustrating. It's gotten better over the years as I've like actually stretched and um, did things with that leg. But uh, that's there's that. Um, I also have like a bunch of cuts on my arm because like I was trying to exit my uh, kitchen and my arm went through the storm glass door by accident. Ooh. I was trying to escape a bunch of bees. Um, because I was terrified of bees and things flying near my ears. Because a couple years earlier, I was with my grandfather and we were riding on um, his sit-down mower. And we ran over a, a nest of mud wasps. Oh, and God. I remember, yeah, so I had a lot of very like bad accident-prone type things. I was, I was literally living the life of a like Looney Tunes character every, <laughs> every other year. Like I've drowned twice almost. Um, oh, my God. Like, yeah, so um, I am very thankful that I have made it to age 32 with relatively no broken bones. There was a significant period of time when I was just very afraid of what was going to happen next. But so far, so good. Uh, I have audio of Zach running away from the bees when he injured himself, when he cut up his arm. No, not the bees! Not the bees! <laughs> I knew it was going to be Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, damn, dude. That's, uh, I, I, it's one of my fears because when I was growing up, uh, you know, this is why I think I've got, uh, I have to be on the autism spectrum. I mean, I have to be, I enjoy doing podcasting, but, uh, you know, kids growing up, they like watching cartoons. They like watching Disney movies. They like watching things that make them happy. 
And I looked forward to watching Rescue 911, hosted by William Shatner. <laughs> uh, an episode of that show, don't you know, is uh, local to us in Massachusetts. Really? An episode about a kid who uh, fell and uh, very, very seriously hurt himself at Purgatory Chasm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but that happens. But there was an episode of that show where a kid just runs, just running through the house and he just runs right through uh, like a storm or like what you said, just like his hands just go right through the glass. And that Mm -hmm. just that just uh, uh, petrified me. And I don't know why I would subject myself to such material as a lad, but I watched like every episode of that show. But there were some things that were like I liked it for the car chases. Uh, but there were other things that, like, you know, kid blows his hand off by lighting a stick of dynamite or um, uh, guys driving down the highway and he uh, uh, is blinded by the sun and ends up driving off the road and into uh, a telephone pole. Things like that where I'm just thinking to myself, hey, this is real. This is really good. Uh, uh, this is a really good way to get PTSD. <laughs> And it's, not, and it's all dramatizations, too. It's all based off of real things, but, like, it's all reenactments. It's Hollywood magic. Yes, um, dramatization may not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> all, all punctuated by uh, William Shatner. And who would always intro every episode standing in, like, the operations center of, like, a police station, like, where all the dispatchers are. And, and it was always just... Oh, you know what? I do remember this show. So, like... And this explains a lot why, like, I'm very much into the spooky and paranormal stuff now because I did the same thing, except um, <clears throat> different Star Trek, um, you know, actor. Uh, it, it was uh, what was the what was that goddamn uh, show? Uh, Riker. Yes, yes, yes. Um, unexplained. Uh, fact or, or fiction? Or fact or fiction? Yeah. So I remember specifically there was one episode. Where it was like talking about this like like green eyed lady or like monster or something and like um oh is this one true or or false? It's like no, this one's based on real events. And like I remember just like loudly whimpering and then my mom telling me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a show that like I remember like it existing but i never ever watched it and really didn't like know anything about it until uh the internet became a thing up oh, sorry the full name of the show is uh beyond belief fact beyond fresh. belief yes um and the internet made it great because there's one of my favorite videos uh, posted by on YouTube by Matthew B. three years ago. Jonathan Frakes asks you things, in parentheses, drunk. Uh, here we go. Ever had the desire to write your initials in wet cement? Ever gone mountain biking? What do you want to be when you grow up? What's the right tip? Have you called a plumber to your home lately? How superstitious are you? How much money would it take to make you spend a night in a cemetery? Would you display this as a trophy? Do you have a pet? Do you have a sweet tooth? 
You believe in the power of a curse? Have you had your hearing tested lately? Planning a trip soon? Can you remember the tallest man you've ever seen? You love to go wandering beneath the clear blue sky. You notice what big stars real estate agents have become? Are you careful with your personal records? Does your computer ever seem to have a mind of its own? Have you ever visited a Chinatown section in a major city? Have you ever visited a flea market? Ever visited a truck stop? Did you ever have a job as a waiter? Have you noticed how many successful restaurants are theme based these days? <laughs> wow. Well, okay. That last one especially just sounds like he's legit just at a bar and just like hi. Nearly every single one of those. Um you know, just just thinking back to all of the radio station uh, bar events I had to work and just all the drunkards I had to interface with. And it's, I mean, all you have to do is just slow them down, slow it down a little bit. And there you go. It's, it's them. Mm. It's every Sully and every cornbread and every, uh, every Bubba I ever met. Oh, those are names. Those are names. Those are all real nicknames. I mean, I mean, you're in Boston, so there's always going to be a Sully. Mm. And then uh, Cornbread was real. That was that was a real person. Um, yeah. Uh, so also, uh, local. I want to I want to get to this, and then uh, and then Zach, I want to talk to you about uh, video games, if you'd like. Yes. But I want you to hear this. So speaking of things that are local, um, where where the only injury here could possibly be pride. Uh, now, in the state of New Hampshire, which is, uh, if you're unfamiliar with what the United States looks like, that is north of us in Massachusetts, New Hampshire. And now, now here's where I'm dumb is... On on like all the signs uh, all around the state, like the the road signs to tell you what what you know route you're on, they're all they're all in a certain shape. And for the longest yeah. time, I thought it was supposed to be like some representation of the outline of the state, as you would see it on a map, even though it didn't really look like that. And because I'm not from New Hampshire, and I don't really care about New Hampshire. Uh, I didn't realize that uh, there there's uh, a lot of tributes out there to what they call the old man on the mountain. Hmm. Uh, old man of the mountain. Are you familiar with this, Zach? Um, I feel like I feel like this is one of those things like um, like, you know, like things that we thought were going to be things we talked about or dealt with more like like quicksand <laughs> and like lava pits, the snake traps, pitfalls. Have you ever climbed a mountain? <laughs> Have you ever paid sales tax on an item? 
Have you ever gotten stuck in traffic driving to Hampton Beach? Um, I will not torture anyone with that. Uh, (laughs) The old man of the mountain was a rock formation that when you looked at it, I guess from a certain angle, it looked like uh, uh, the outline of a man's head. Like you'd see the the forehead, the nose, the chin. Uh, I, I, Guess people used to climb it. They used to scale it. And then uh, about 20 years ago, almost exactly 20 years ago, it just collapsed. And ever since then, the state now honors it. They've never, I, I don't know how you'd even try to rebuild such a thing. But no, you don't. That's just erosion. It's, I don't even think it was uh, really, it was, I don't think it was crafted by anybody. I think it just naturally looked like uh, the outline oh, yeah, of, totally. of, a, of a human skull, a human head. So this uh, representative from New Hampshire, his name is Tim Cahill. Uh, so in, according to CBS News, um, Tim Cahill made, the, made some remarks, and I'm about to play the remarks for you. The remarks that he made came amid a debate in the state legislature on whether to recognize the anniversary of the old man of the mountain. The demise of the old man of the mountain. They want to actually make, uh, designate old man of the mountain day in New Hampshire, which would be May 3rd because it, it, it crumbled on May 3rd, 2003. So if uh, people get their way, the fine folks in New Hampshire will be celebrating that day every year, in, wh- in which case I would believe schools would be closed. Banks would be closed. Uh, it would be right up there with Christmas and Thanksgiving. <laughs> Be very important to celebrate the day the mountain collapsed. Uh, so here, here's Tim Cahill. Here's his remarks. Here's why it's news. You'll hear it at the very beginning of the audio clip. Here we go. The old man falling was akin to the Twin Towers for many of the Granite State and around the world. I was in D.C. on September 11th. I was also in D.C. on May 3rd. Soon after that, I made up my mind that I wanted to come back home to New Hampshire. And today, I am standing in these honor chambers before all of you, standing for the people. So what do we do now? This is what we do now. What an amazing way we can promote and remember Granite State's iconic mascot, whose likeness appears everywhere and on everything in New Hampshire, from our money our t-shirts, our bumper stickers, our signs, and our license plates. The old man is everywhere. The old man is New Hampshire. 9-11. Yeah. You don't, uh, you, you don't equate really anything to 9-11 unless you're talking about 9-11. I mean, yeah. In which case you can say that, you know, the World Trade Center falling was like just as bad as 9-11, which makes yeah, sense because that happened on 9-11. This is also why you don't make false comparisons to like, you know, the Holocaust. Like you don't do these things like so. Yeah, like that, that like 
that uh, audible groan from many people in the the crowd was very palpable. That's my favorite. Is when you can just hear the entire room just groan. <laughs> oh no! Why did you say that? It's just no. It's not really at all comparable. Have you ever known anyone personally who's compared insignificant events to 9-11? I don't really think I associate with people like that. Okay. I knew someone, I mean, we were teenagers and they were equating, like they were, ha- I, they were having a panic attack when this happened, but they like, we were in school and we were at lunch and they spilled their drink and they started having a freak out and they kept equating this this thing to 9/11. They kept saying it was their own 9/11. Like, no, dude. It's no. I vaguely remember you talking about this. Like like no, Keenan. This isn't 9/11. No one has died. There's no destruction anywhere. The the worst thing to happen is you spilled your milk. <laughs> Clean it up and stop yeah. pissing people off. Uh, the CBS News article, by the way, there's a great line in here. It says, uh, well, not great. It's <laughs> It made me laugh. Let's put it that way. Uh, it says, quote, more than... 2,600 people died in New York on September 11, 2001, when terrorists flew jet airliners into the World Trade Center. Comparatively, no one was hurt in the Franconia Notch when the stone face crumbled on May 3, 2003. Wow, yeah, that really was a long time ago, because I feel like I was still in school when that happened. That's what I was like, huh? Oh, man, the mountain. Why is that even important or relevant again? Oh, right, New Hampshire. Okay. Actually... Yeah, did not even remember that that was even a thing. I mean, we were wee lads, sure. But I feel like when Time for Kids was still a thing, if it is still a thing, that was something that was on Time for Kids because I feel like I was forced to write an article about this at some point, and that's probably why I completely forgot about it. Uh, time you, know, for, you never retain anything. A uh, Time for Kids, and that makes Tim Cahill goofus. <laughs> Remember the Timber Toes? No. That was the, that was the what? other comic strip that was in uh Time for Kids. The you had Goofus and Gallantin and you had the Timber Toes, which was a family of like little wooden figures. Yeah, you see um I don't remember most of that because I oh. just remembered that we had to read articles and do reports on the articles. <laughs> and as soon as I was done, I put that shit down and I never looked at it again. Um, I'll, I'll tell you why you probably don't remember that because I was thinking of the entirely wrong magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I should go jump off a mountain. I'm an idiot. I was thinking of highlights. Did you ever read highlights? <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar, but I don't think I ever read it. God. I'm batting a thousand. Can I just erase the last five minutes of the show? <laughs> I mean, you do control things. So if you did want to do that, you technically could do no, it. No, normally I would uh, Normally I would get confused like that and I just let it roll and then find out a week later that, oh, I my reference makes absolutely no sense and carries no weight. 
yeah, and I, I, I had a subscription to Highlights for some reason. I don't know. I, I only read it for the comics. I never read any of the articles in there. Time for Kids. I do remember suffering through that um, in school. Yeah, like the only um, magazines I remember really reading were like um, the like the un- Sony Underground, like that that magazine, and Nintendo Power, like. I had like almost every single issue in Nintendo Power. I remember getting the final issue um, in the mail of Nintendo Power when they finally stopped doing it, and um, that's how I kept up to date with like all of my gaming stuff and everything. But like the only kind of comics I read were like in the um, Sunday Telegram and Gazette. Uh, well, uh, this sets up a good segue here. Speaking of comics. Um, Becky and I went to a convention recently called 90s Con. Um, yeah, no, I saw. Which mm-hmm. is in your neck of the woods in Connecticut. Yeah, you bastard. <laughs> I saw who you met. I saw who you met. We met some okay people, whatever. I mean, yeah, Steve from Blue's Clues. Okay. Melissa Joan Hart. I'm just kidding. They were great. They were cool. I, I... I was such a puss in front of Steve from Blue's Clues. I I wanted to talk to him, and I turned into a stammering fool. Oh well, I mean it's Steve. Like Steve brings us back to that childhood time <laughs> when we were just like, yes, shapes. So I made yes, it up. Colors. I made it up with uh, Melissa Joan Hart. We talked about the band Paramore for uh, for a little bit, but um, I met a comic book artist at this convention. Uh, I had a subscription to the Sonic the Hedgehog comic series. No surprise. This is back when Archie Comics. Uh, it was a. It was a. Uh, it was under like the Archie Comics banner, even mm-hmm. though it had nothing to do with Archie Comics. And there was one artist that I particularly liked. That I I swear to God, this is true. I actually told my parents to cancel my subscription after that artist uh, exited the series. (laughs) And uh, I was looking at the roster the night before we went to the convention. And I guess, I don't know, one in like 200 chance, if you want to like just count uh, how many conventions happen a year in total around the country. Uh, that that Stephen Butler, the artist in question, would be appearing at this convention, <laughs> and uh, I I I didn't get any photos with him. I didn't have anything for him to sign, but I spent about twenty solid minutes just fanboying to him, and just talking about all the issues that he drew in, and just reminiscing about the good times. Oh, holy shit! I did not realize. I knew I knew that name. So, like, what, the moment I've seen, like, just some of this, the art he's done, like, okay, yeah. Like, when I think of, like, classic comic books, I usually think of his artistry. Yeah. When he, I think back about it. He's not, he hasn't just done Sonic the Hedgehog. He's done Spider-Man. He's done a whole, he's got a whole resume. Um, And I told him that he, at least was Sonic... He draw how you doing? Uh, he draws Sonic better than the guy who created Sonic could draw him. Um, his his Spider Man is uh so insanely good. It's it's like he draws what one pictures in their head. 
like what Spider-Man looks like. Yeah, just, he just has. Yeah, this certain... I totally see that. Like, I just pulled up a picture of um his Silver Surfer. I'm like, wow. Yep, like that's the that's what I think of when I think Silver Surfer. This is what I think of when I think Spider-Man is like I think of his art. He had, he had told me that uh, when he was designing characters for the Sonic series. Uh, he was given free reign over um, how to design them, and he lifted a lot of designs out of um, Looney Tunes, which, <laughs> which makes sense because I was actually it looking does. up. I was looking up some of his work, and I was looking up just some like uh, digitized uh, back issues uh, of the Sonic series, and just noticing that uh, uh, like the the Doctor in the comics was just some, like a minor character. I think I think his name is literally Doctor Quack, and he's a duck. But he looks exactly like Donald Duck. Mm-hmm. Right down to it. To the point where like little me actually thought there was some sort of crossover event that occurred at some point. You know, like I really do miss this hell this yeah. Robotnik. I I miss him so much. That that is one of my favorite Robotniks. He did he really captured the design and the whole essence of it and i i really don't feel that anyone else compares there are good artists out there don't get me wrong but that guy is not only was he drawing during a very good story arc but that it should have ended with him when he moved on i he came back to the series for a while but um yeah when he left initially i i told my parents Stephen Butler's not drawing for this anymore, so I don't want it. <laughs> uh, Damn, I did not realize how good it looks. Like I'm just like looking at um, Supersonic from that time frame, and it's just like, holy shit, this is awesome. He really, he's really good, and he was like super, yeah. super down to earth, and just like was just excited. He seemed genuinely excited to talk about it. And for me, again, going back to why I think I might be on the spectrum a little bit, being able to just go into just knowing all these intricate details and being able to go into these details. And it's one of those things I have to hold myself back from it. And this was one of the rare times in my life, in my 33 years, where I was able to just you all of those details because I'm talking to the fucking guy that drew all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, of course, no. And I don't. I don't like to do that with with, with celebrities. I don't want to talk to them about their work. But like, what the hell else are you going to talk to a comic book artist about? I feel like I would respond the same way if I had met, um, like you know, Frank Welker or like Stephen J. Bloom, like. I feel like I would be reacting the same way because we've literally grew up with their voices everywhere. And sometimes we didn't even realize it. Like Carl Alzraki. That's another one. It's just like, I, I was actually just talking to um, one of my partners, Abby, about uh, the fact that I, um, uh, I'm very much like a Rocco's Modern Life aesthetic kind of personality. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And like, um, it's crazy to me, like, um, like when I started, like, you know, watching Comedy Central and then seeing Reno 911 and then making that connection years later and then just like, wow, what, 
huh? Really? That's so crazy. And like, and then I, and then you think about like George Carlin, um, and like I originally knew him from um, Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, and we all no, did. <laughs> and then right, so that is just like, oh, oh shit. And not only that, but he's also some real stuff <laughs> i i think it's a coming of age thing with the late bob saget where you grow up watching him on full house and then you learn about his stand-up and you, you learn uh what he's like when he's not hosting america's funniest home videos and realizing that it's, it's like carlin's like he, there's no way these are the same people there's no mm-hmm. way bad luck and extreme misfortune will infest your pathetic soul for all eternity Ah, uh, uh, now, have you met any uh, like artists? I guess because uh, you know we were talking about the web comics on ice uh, convention last episode. I know that you and Ak today in our in our group chat were talking about uh, that and other web comics. But have you yourself met any artists, comic book artists, web comic artists, anything like that? I wish I could say I had. I mean, the most that I can really remember is like um, messaging Lothar Hex from Exterminatus Now, which is like a really like niche, actually Sonic based um, uh, webcomic because um, a lot of the character art is basically pulled from like Sonic Universe. Because um, I remember they had a thing back when AIM was still a thing. Uh, and you could message uh, some of the characters on AAM and they would like he specifically would like you know make fun of you and then like would block you and like <laughs> remember that happening so but like I've never actually had like any face to face interaction um, with anybody because like you know I pretty much lived under a rock and kind of always appreciated a lot of the things I liked from like within a bubble but like you know that's a whole other podcast tangent <laughs> uh do you remember david firth the name sounds familiar uh he does i mean he, he did a lot of really screwed up um cartoons like flash cartoons way back when uh but he was best known for salad fingers yes uh i'm friends yes. i'm friends with him on facebook and i always forget i'm friends with him uh until like every few years he'll do a new salad fingers cartoon. And I always learn about it cause he posts it like on his page. And I don't think I've ever interfaced with him, but my word, that man is just screwed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there's, uh, oh man, this also explains a lot of the things that have happened, uh, and that I've, gone through but there's also this a a strongly not safe for work comic uh called sexy losers um and i remember back in the day i had subscribed to like the uh webcomic update list and like every now and then every couple of years he'll post a new update on something and like it's really really not safe for work it's just like it is it's it's bad um, there's a lot of things that have not aged well in there. And I, that's, I was saying earlier today, sometimes I wonder if it is a good thing that I have such a dark, absurdist, uh, sense of humor, but you know, it is what it is. 
But you know, like the fact that that guy is still adding things is always interest is interesting to me. And I completely forgot about like that part of my life, like growing up. Um, like I found webtoons and web comics, and like was just like really enamored with them. Like um, you know, we all loved like um, Homestar Runner, um, and then there was like uh, you know uh, everything that was unsavory and of the time on Newgrounds, because um, I remember that was I was on Newgrounds all of the time. Oh, same and, here. Yeah, so like. That really explains a lot of why there's certain things that I know now I probably should not laugh at. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the Animal Babies series? Yeah, on... yep, yeah, yep, yeah. That was Hello, son. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was thinking, oh, I can't even like say that. I can't say the first word. <laughs> I can't even say that anymore. <laughs> it's just crazy what impact flash animation really had on the internet and Mm -hmm. what i mean i I know a lot of this is all available on youtube and a lot of like homestar you know the the sporadic homestar cartoons that come out these days show up on youtube instead but just like that was really uh that was just so big 20 years ago and then they just like stopped developing Flash, and then it was—it's not supported by anything anymore. And just thinking, yeah. Of, so think- like that whole—it it is really sad because like not only that, but like there was entire like like games that were created using Flash that people played. Like there was websites that were just hosting all these games that you could play continuously, and like now Flash is unsupported as a media. I think it's just like what Java JavaScript now oh i have no uh i have no clue uh you and like javascript is like a little bit more complicated i'm pretty sure but i think that's the the programming language that most things are run on it's like html javascript like but things don't really use flash anymore uh do you remember a game called alien hominid yes i do yes that was one of the that was the flagship game for Newgrounds and like that was the first game that like crossed over into like mainstream because they created a game for it and I think the people who made that game also are the ones behind Castle Crashers that came out years after that yeah if I recall correctly that was just such a big deal when um a game that you know started off as a free flash game you could play on Newgrounds and then became a PlayStation 2 game there's things that just didn't happen Right. There's also one of the biggest um, like animation stories that were on Newgrounds was um, this series called Broken Saints. I actually still have the DVD set because I remember I found it randomly in. Um, uh, it wasn't a Barnes and Nobles. It was that other one that Borders. was like trying Borders. Yep. Yeah, I remember I found it randomly in a Borders, and I was like, "Mom, can I buy this?" Because like I was actually shocked to see it brand new in a Borders, but like. Um, it was. It basically is a visual and audio uh, graphic novel experience, and I can't even remember what most of the story is about. But like, I should. It's something I would want to rewatch now because I would definitely understand and get the themes more. Because it, it was just like really cool. But I remember that being one of the big things that was on um, Newgrounds. Um, and then there was like Eskimo Bob. I remember I was a big Eskimo Bob fan when I first discovered Newgrounds. 
One of my those just stupid things that was just on Newgrounds. One of my favorite things on Newgrounds was a game called African Detroit Cop. And it was supposed it was supposed to be it was just like a really low quality, like bad parody of uh, Beverly Hills Cop. And I I used to play that game all the time and it wasn't even that good. I just thought it was funny. I just remember like there's also uh, entire sections uh, on Newgrounds dedicated to just like just gross grossly defaming and just doing awful things to characters like i i I remember there was a game where you literally were like a dude shitting from the top of a building onto like the powerpuff girls (laughs) i don't know it was so there was so many things out on new grass i was just like why is this a thing now was it Oh god! So there was Newgrounds. There was E Bombs World. Well, no, no, then... fuck Eric Bauman though. Fuck Eric Bauman. He can fuck him. Why? He E Bomb. Oh, dude, we can't like. <sighs> we would have to devote another another podcast segment to that. I just remember that Eric Bauman, the owner of E Bombs World, pulled all of his content from a lot of other um, websites and put his just fucking watermark on it like it was his. And I remember, I think it was, um, I think he uh, fought a lot with something awful uh, forums and like a couple other places, but like he just basically like um, just ripped content uh, from places. So like uh, that's, that's what I discovered from my friends who like grew up and like lived on the internet. And I was like, I had no idea about any of this stuff (laughs) until then. (laughs) Okay. Remind me to uh, in a in a future episode because I want oh, to know more about that. Especially because I'd love to at some point talk more about um, Control Alt Delete and the uh, the Tim Buckley saga because like and and until we were talking, I completely forgot about that era. Also, um, it's just very very funny, very interesting things that happened in the early two thousands. Hey, see, I see Tim Buckley, and there was a very famous musician named Tim Buckley. Whenever I thought I it was see, Jeff Buckley. Uh, Tim Buckley was Jeff Buckley's father. Ah, okay. Tim Buckley, best known for a song called uh, Song to the Siren. And then his son, Jeff, uh, did uh, uh, Hallelujah, which is a Leonard Cohen song. And then both, gotcha. of, them, both okay. of them, uh, father and son, fortunately, untimely deaths. But uh, Jeff Buckley, one of those uh, one of those artists who I think had like one album and it's been re-released probably about a dozen times now. Yeah, I mean, that's just one of those like quintessential songs that you hear. And it's just like that is a gold standard song. Not only that, but there's he has another song called Last Goodbye, which is from that same album. And that's a it's a really good song. And Spotify seems to think so because it came on my shuffle like one of my playlists when I shuffled it came on three times today. <laughs> and I, I'm like, okay, I like this, but I don't No, I have, I have like almost 2000 songs on this playlist. Are you playing this three times? Spotify. Come on. Yeah. Better Spotify than likes to do that though. I am happy because, um, I finally created my, um, everything playlist. Um, and one of the organic, um, things that it gave me 
like or one of the organic songs that just came on was a Bjork song, and it actually ended up being a Bjork song that I liked because like I like her and I like her music, but I feel like there's certain songs that are for me and aren't for me, and I think I finally found one I get. <laughs> uh, do you fancy the Discover Weekly playlist on Spotify? It usually doesn't hit for me. Okay. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. There's some weeks where like every song will be in my mind a hit and it goes to my master playlist. And then there are other weeks where it's just nothing but hot garbage. Mm -hmm. I I get upset though. when my discover weekly playlist will throw in um, like, yeah, this week it threw in, uh, float on by modest mouse like bro that's a hit we all know that song yeah go more obscure it also threw in um uh, every little thing she does is magic as covered by the afghan wigs okay that's great that's what i want so you want the random obscure covers of the songs i have not just covers but just like I've just I've I've discovered a lot of great music and a lot of great bands through Discover Weekly. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. But sometimes it just its algorithm just shits the bed. Yeah, I find the same thing happens just with the general shuffle. Like if you don't if you don't make a playlist that's like two or three thousand songs long, sometimes it feels like it keeps playing the same 20 over and over again just because these are the songs that you actually listened to from the beginning to the end. Cause I know that the, the algorithm looks at that and sometimes I'm just like, all right, this is good. And then I'll get to the end of a song. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm done. I'll just like, I'll move ahead. And like, I know that's probably like, doesn't make sense for some people, but like, <laughs> like I just get bored of music easily sometimes. And if I'm not exactly synced up in the mood of what I'm supposed to be listening to, then I'm just like, I'm good. Done. Next. Uh, if we can shift gears, because um, I know we were sort of segueing towards it when we were talking about new grounds and flash games, but um, now we've been talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, and in 2022, a game called Sonic Frontiers was released on all of the current uh, major platforms. And now, now here's the problem with Sonic the Hedgehog is that, uh, you know, when when the, the first game in the series came out, it 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 helped put Pickles toys on the map. Uh, the the it helped put the Sega Genesis on the map, and that was a viable competitor against Mario. And then over the years, the quality of the Sonic games has significantly declined. So imagine everybody's shocked and surprised when a game comes out last year in the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise in the series, or where a new game comes out and it's actually good. Uh, so I played through that game. I played through the entirety of that game. Um, and uh, I am by no means what they call a uh, an achievement hunter, a trophy hunter, depending on your platform. And for the uninitiated on uh, the Xbox and PlayStation, achievements are little things you can get uh, that carry no like real life weight, but you you can amass these little 
digital like it's like a, for, on xbox it's a score it's called your gamer score and then on playstation they're little like little digital trophies and you can amass these things for for achieving certain feats in the game but you don't need they're just optional it's just bragging rights but if you get all of them you usually get like a special like bragging right reward if you will in playstation it's the platinum trophy anyway that's the second ever platinum trophy i've ever gotten was sonic frontiers and i was pretty damn proud of myself for getting it Um, yeah i mean we literally went from talking about sonic frontiers hearing about the premise being worried that it was not going to turn out well to you platinum to the game i also platinum to the game within two weeks because I could not put it down the moment I picked it up. And, I mean, it was so good. The thing that makes me so sad is, like, the moment I started playing it, I realized that this is everything. They literally looked back at all of the old games, and they realize that there's certain things in the games that work. Sonic moves very fast. He, You're going to have a lot of very fast things. Why don't we create a map and an environment so that you can do that freely and seamlessly. It worked. It was fun. It made sense. And it reminded me very much of like the, um, the games back from like the PS one era. Like if they had released Sonic frontiers back in the day with like PS one graphics that could have easily stood up there with crash bandicoot. It could have stood up there with spiral of the dragon because like, they were that level of platforming fun. And like, that would have been the new niche for Sonic to go in. And they tried, I, I just, they tried to, they tried doing the Sega Saturn with Sonic extreme. They tried and it, it, well, the game never even, it was never released, mm. languished in development and was canceled. Um, but you're right. I mean, cause they tried to do that exact thing and uh, they, they finally like they, they pulled it off a few years later on the Sega Dreamcast with Sonic Adventure. Right. At that point, like we, we had entered, you know, the 128 bit era of gaming, which uh, that was, the, I think the last generation where we were uh, measuring things in bits. And then we, we stopped doing that. Now we measure things in resolution. Mm-hmm. Now we care about 1080 and uh, 4k and uh, soon we'll be caring about 8k and uh, you know, not right now we care about ray tracing and, and, Real light, you know, uh, real time lighting. She has all that, all the, all this technical stuff. The, the, the technology is now powerful enough that you can do a full blown open world Sonic game where you can really put that emphasis on speed and just design a giant map and it just create a giant playground. That's all you needed to do, and they mm-hmm. did it, and they did it well. They somehow did it well. They somehow, uh, they they somehow hit a home run. After I really, the only complaint I have is that there is not more for me to play right now. I literally was just like, I want more. I don't, I want, I don't really want to replay the game. I will, but like, I want to do more in this environment. I want a longer, more epic game next time. That's what I really want. I just, like, I, I would want more variety because the, I do like that they, it's like what, five worlds? they call them biomes but like you got your desert world you got your your jungle world the the volcano world uh i would like more uh variety in that 
um because there there was a lot of open space that just felt uh useless now jack you've never really played many of the mega man games or mega man spin-off games have you no i've only played one mega man game and it was on the game boy and i couldn't tell you which one it was i just remember enjoying it very much well there's a game series I highly suggest you either look for it online or just emulate it. Um, but the Mega Man Legends series okay. uh, is one of my favorite like um, platformer and RPG crossover style games that I've ever played. Uh, because you literally you so you get to be Mega Man. You're in like um, you're actually following through a story where you're doing things and like. Uh, there's a lot of elements to it that just make it not a typical Mega Man game, but also you're in that Mega Man apparatus. And they made two Mega Man Legends games. They were really good. They ended up being greatest hit games. And they have another um, one of those games that has a cult following. They just have never gone back and like really made another one of those. They've done like there's like a uh, Mega Man Cyber thing that was like for one of the I think it was Game Boy Advance or um, some of the later generations, but I would love to see something like that. Um, I would love to see Sonic do something like that that is more in like the Sonic Adventure vein, but still gives us that um, Sonic Frontiers open world like fun. And like yeah. I agree, being able to have more variety of different things and different worlds that you go into like the fact that they were able to do a lot of those um like for the racing levels like a lot of like the enclosed spaces or like the like like i know there's a couple ones where you're like just kind of going into like a little building or like jumping off of these little platforms into like more enclosed spaces yeah yeah um i liked how they did that because um i remember those being the kinds of levels in the you know the the past iterations of games that I hated because it, it was just clunky it didn't make sense but all of the level design was like clever and like you know it gave you a lot of different avenues and like I could easily see this being like a also a racing um uh like kind of like mini mode or game in it like that you could do like PvP like go against different people it's like that would also be fun to do in that environment. I think if you really worked out some of the aspects of how to do it, uh, it was very forgiving. That's yes something that I really liked about Frontiers and that like the games that have Sonic games that have come out in the last 10, 15 years have felt punishing. There have been a lot of formula formulae that they've done that just. It, it it doesn't make it fun. It just mm. makes it frustrating. And it shouldn't have to be that way. And they they I feel like they dumbed down that formula. They they made it very imagine like you're just playing the game, even though you can cite your difficulty, it just seemed like you were constantly playing on easy, easy mode. Yeah. But, and I played in the hardest difficulty too. But I mean, I'm glad they did because then it, it just it obviously made for an easy platinum. But it also it didn't feel frustrating. There were some 
stages that were uh, more challenging than others. I will admit, but uh, I I wasn't ready to throw a controller across the room. No, definitely not. <laughs> it wasn't that you bad. Still, like you could still see, like you where you weren't fighting the angles. You weren't going into like trying to go across a corner and all of a sudden like your angle shifts in a weird way and you can't tell which direction you're moving. Like there's a lot of that in the those past couple of games. Then you really didn't have that. It was smooth. Like I really like was expecting to have something bad to say about it the next time that we talked about it, but it's one of the only games that I just effortlessly just like platin platinum. Um, and like, I don't usually care enough about doing that with games to do that. Yeah. So same here. I want more. I need more. Like, please keep doing that. Well, uh, thankfully for us, uh, free DLC will be coming out for this game. And I believe there's, if it's not out already, there was one that was at least announced recently that, um, it's, it's simple stuff. Like they're adding a photo mode to the game. Um, and, uh, like additional music, but it's a start. I, I like that it's getting support. It's getting uh post launch support. So, uh, and it, and it's sold very well. It is sold. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it's one of the best selling games of the entire series. That doesn't surprise me because this really does feel like this is you're like, we were talking about when they did um, Sonic, the, the, the one that was just called Sonic the Hedgehog. Ah! And like, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like that, that they finally accomplished what they were attempting to do back in that era with this game. I feel like that's, they actually did that this time. Yeah. Um, Cause they were trying to bring Sonic into a different, like, you know, genre, but still refresh those elements to keep it, you know, new, but also providing things that were for a, uh, you know, a newer audience, but also still catering to the people that they knew were going to shell out the money to buy the game, which is us. Because you know, we're, we uh, love Sonic. Uh, th- that game could have been good. Sonic, as they call it, Sonic 2006. That game could have been good had they invested even five minutes in doing quality assurance testing, and they didn't. Yeah, you know it's bad when the thing that's best about that game uh, were the book covers that we had in middle school and high school, or whenever that game. Because I remember literally seeing book covers, like paper book covers of that game. I don't remember where, but I remember have like seeing one of those and just like, huh, interesting. <laughs> Watch out! You're gonna crash! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh well um one more game i want to talk with you about before we wrap this up uh because it is tax season and i just did oh, my God. taxes i just did my taxes and for the first time in two years i'm actually getting money back i don't have to owe any money this year i'm very happy about that that's good to hear. Uh, the the year after Kate and I split, I ended up having to owe like four thousand dollars. It was not fun in the least. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Uh, a game called Tax Haven Three Thousand. Did you hear about this? Oh, did I hear about this? Yes. Uh, it was a <sighs> it was a game where you could file your taxes through it. 
It was like a, it was like a TurboTax simulator, uh, but you were um, uh, guided along by a very hot-looking anime chick, and I believe at the end of the game, if you were successful at filing your taxes and having them accepted by the IRS, then uh, you would win the love and affection of this hot anime chick. Uh, however you want to take that or however she wants to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's nothing shady at all about a game that asks you for your social security number. Mm, nope. Definitely not. You're uh, definitely not going to wake up randomly without your kidneys because you gave your social security number to an anime girl game. Uh, definitely not going to happen that way. The game Tax Haven 3000, according to Kotaku, was developed by MSCHF, the Brooklyn-based art company behind Chair Simulator, the Lil Nas X uh, Satan Shoes, and those big-ass Astro Boy boots. Um, the game has... Uh, so, oh, hold on. Uh, it, the game is a visual novel that claims it will help players file their tax returns by going on dates with Iris, a pink-haired girl with a, quote, disconcerting <laughs> affinity for your personal Iris. finance information. I... I just got that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really bad. Jeez, <laughs> oh, thanks, Dad. Oh, uh, Iris will help you sort out your 1040 U.S. individual income tax return. Check that it'll build your eligibility for your earned income tax credit and American Opportunity credit and more. <laughs> Anisan, fill out your 1040. Uh, the game has since been uh, delisted and removed from uh, Steam. Uh, yeah, because this does that. How if you give an anime girl game your social security card number, you deserve whatever happens to you. Because what the actual fuck? This... Why would anyone think that this is a good idea? This sort of reminds me of something that one of my aunts does regularly where, you know, that the, there's a phishing scam through social media where uh, it will be a question that will be like, post the name of your favorite nephew or post the name of the high school you went to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's all old people leaving comments where they're all just putting a stuff up there. It's like, guys, you do realize that these are the security questions that are needed to, uh, to, to get you into your account. It's it. You're, you're giving that information away. At least, uh, with tax haven 3000, they were just straight up like, yo, give us your social security number. Quote, we're going to help you with your taxes. Unquote. <laughs> I mean, I guess it made it like fun. There was a, the reward of maybe seeing some anime boobies at the end, but uh, uh, yeah, even though you have a device in your hand where you can literally download gigs, terabytes even of anime boobies for free, that is somehow but, I don't, you know. dude. It, it just doesn't satisfy people. It really doesn't because, like, if you go on the Nintendo eShop, there is so much. There is so much uh, hentai, uh, just porn games on the eShop. 
Japanese porn games. It's it's there there's so much of that. Like, bro. Pornhub.com, man. Just go to the hub. Yeah, this is this is just masturbation with extra steps. Just go to the hub and and rub it out and you'll be fine. So uh you, you rube, I can only please myself to the finest pixelated women. <laughs> Oh, uh, and not to bring this back, but that was also, for whatever reason, a big section on Newgrounds. So I kind of wonder where this prevalence grew from. Because hmm. da- dating sims and dating games, that was a big section on Newgrounds. Uh, I think it was a website called liquidgeneration.com. Do you remember that? That sounds familiar. They they had a feature called Whose Boobs. Do you remember that? No. It's time to play Whose Boobs. Jeez, and and it would just sounds be like something prepubescent um, teenage boys would like. Yeah, it'd just be like zoomed in female celebrities' chest, and you'd have to guess which one it was. And there was like a new <laughs> game every week. Ah, uh, the simple simpler times on the internet. These bodacious beanbags belong to Shannon Elizabeth. Now we have things like the Omegaverse. And no, I'm not going to explain what the Omegaverse is, Jack. You can look that up yourself. We'll save that for a different episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry for anybody else that understands what that is. Um, I, uh, I don't know about you. Do you, what do you use for doing your taxes? Um, Usually I use Tax Act. Um, I've used H&R Block, but I always feel like they price gouge me. And it, it's especially biting when that you also owe taxes it's like, or owe money on your taxes. Yep. So it's like, all right, you owe money to the state and the government, and also you got to pay us 300 bucks. Yep. Um, I learned of this one through Reddit. If you haven't yet done your taxes yet, and this is not an endorsement. This is not an ad. Uh, but free tax USA. It cost me fifteen dollars to file. Oh shit! I might do that. No other fees on top of it. I mean, they they do uh, pedal uh, uh, products, added products like audit protection and and whatnot. Um, but fifteen bucks. That's all it cost. It's worth it. Better than TurboTax. Yeah, I mean, all those other things you're going to pay like um, average at least eighty to ninety dollars to file, um, and that's only if they have a policy that lets them take money out of what you're getting for your returns, and that's only if you are going to get money from your returns. Well, that's yeah, it's you. Well, Free Tax USA does this too, where they will. Um, offer to let you pay the filing fee like the 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 meager (laughs) filing fee um out of your refund but Mm -hmm. it ends up costing more like it's double it's like 30 bucks out of your refund where you can just pay 15 with a credit card so yeah if you haven't done it yet or save it for next year keep it in your pocket for next year free tax usa thanks reddit Reddit has come through just, you know, like all fandoms in all areas. Don't get too close. <laughs> all right, Zach. Um, thank you 
It's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed uh, the last uh, hour and 20 minutes uh, shooting the shit with you. Yeah, I'm glad that I could uh, be in a a little bit more secure of a space now. Um, Not as much crazy background reverb noise. Um, You sound sound great. Yeah, I just need probably a better seat if I'm going to be in here. Um, build yourself a studio, man. I mean, I might as well, because I do want to eventually get my scary podcast off the ground. So, uh, time will tell. We just got to put some effort into it and actually finish putting the rest of my goddamn apartment together. <laughs> uh, there, you, you, I still have things now at this point. It's just like sentimental stuff, but I still have things in boxes in my closet that I just never took out from when I moved in here. That was uh, almost seven <laughs> years ago. I, yeah, I have an obsession with not doing that. <laughs> so, like, I am, I am, I am adamant about breaking every little box down and getting the things out and getting things thrown away that we don't need, but. I, I'm the That'll type be a project for the next couple of weekends. See, because I'm like that, I'm the type of person that the second I get home from like a, a trip, like if I have a suitcase, I, this the first thing I do when I get inside is I unpack. Because if I don't do that right then and there, it's not happening. Yeah, it'll just sit there, and then you'll you know you'll pile one box on top of it, and then after that, it's you know it becomes you know a, a fixture of the wall. Yeah, it's it's. I'm a little more uh, motivated to do it these days because my cats will see the suitcase sitting there and they say to themselves, oh boy, a container in which we can play. Yeah, uh, my cats will both say see a container they can play in and also something that they can scratch the hell out of, which is why we got them a cardboard cat castle. Uh, Becky and I, uh, and my uh, love to Becky for building procuring this we built it together but it's a giant cat tower thank god my cats are actually using it that's why specific if you guys anyone listening has cats that you buy expensive toys for and they will literally go into the trash and like bat around like a a ball of like tin foil or like paper or a box like get them toys made out of the things that they like that's why we bought a cardboard uh, cat tower and all of our cats use it and it's great yep cats are weird man i'll never understand they like cats. what they like oh you know what my favorite is the uh the the feed me meow when they sit in front of their bowl and someone, someone just one that does this sits in front of the bowl and just meows incessantly to which i walk over and i point to the bowl and i say it's full <laughs> eat yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maroon? I had to get my <laughs> oldest cat out of the habit of uh, not wanting to eat if he wasn't being pet at the same time. My dog has, uh, I don't know if it's conditioning or what, but he'll like he'll just sit and stare at me and whine with his tail wagging. And I, it's taken me long enough to realize that translates to sit on the floor so I can play. Not necessarily with me. He just wants to pick up one of his toys or uh, one of the, I call them shivs. They're little t- things he can chew on that he f- quickly fashions into weapons. 
Um, but I have to sit on the floor so he can start playing with them. And if I'm not sitting on the floor, then it's just an anxiety attack. Oh, well, he needs adult supervision. He's I, working with sharp objects. Look, I, you know, I can knock him for that, but here I am with a goddamn cast on my arm because I whacked into it myself into a door. Well, you know, they do say pets often mirror the attributes of their owners. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have no argument there. <laughs> All right, Zach. Uh, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Uh, for the rest of you, if there was anything that we discussed on this episode, uh, be it Newgrounds or Sonic the Hedgehog or uh, Tim Cahill from New Hampshire equating a collapsing mountain to uh, that of 9-11... By the way, if you need a visual for Tim Cahill, uh, picture Pee Wee Herman, but with a Hitler mustache. Um, if you want to <laughs> comment or if you have questions or feedback about any of that stuff, uh, hardlyfocused.com slash contact. And uh, before I forget, we're also on all of the social medias. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Hardly Focused Podcast, uh, focused hardly on Twitter and then uh, Instagram. We are simply hardly focused. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you for listening. We will talk at you next time. Say ya bye. Goodbye. Feminization may not have happened.